First two weeks of the NFL season and the last two spots of the National League Wild Card. Hello and welcome to Double AI, the podcast about analytics and sports. The two A's stand for Andrew and Ari. Andrew is our data scientist in San Diego. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Phil. How are you doing? Doing well. And Ari is our global AI evangelist, for now anchored in Chicago. Hey, Ari. Hi, Phil. Hi, Andrew. Hi, everyone. So if we're to take a look at the most uh, exciting aspect of the last week of the Major League Baseball re uh, regular season, it'd be those last two spots in the National League. That's going to take maybe all the way up to the last out on Sunday to sort out, but it's fun to look at. We'll get to the second week and really a, just an amazing start, some elements to an amazing start to the uh, National Football League season. But guys, let's take a look at a couple of things that we can break down in baseball and break down analytically. And the one is last week we looked at American League Most Valuable Player. This week, let's do the same. Because you know what? If we were to do this about two to three weeks ago, we'd say Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr., and maybe Manny slipping in there some way. But really, the guy that might be the leader is probably the least most recognized or the least mentioned right now. Ari, who would that guy be right now? Uh, did you mention Freddie Freeman? There you go. And it's not because Freddie is overwhelmed with home runs, although he's doing okay. But Andrew, Ari, this is where we earn our keep. Uh, Freeman has, uh, in fact, I think all those guys have more home runs than he does. But Freeman has better uh, F4, uh, weighted runs created plus, weighted uh, OBA. He also leads the National League in traditional stats, average RBIs and double doubles. But Ari, help us understand the value and what's happening here with Freddie. Yeah, so you mentioned some like new, newer analytics as well as some traditional. And uh, you know, th this is one of the, the great things of who is the most productive. So the traditional batting average you know, doesn't include walks, counts a home run the same as a hit. RBIs depend largely, unless you're hitting a home run on your teammates getting in scoring position when you come to the plate, kind of out of your hands. And doubles is kind of an anecdotal. Um, but some of the newer analytics put things in, in better context. So you mentioned F4. That's the uh, fan graphs version of wins above replacement. Some may argue that that is the best offensive metric out there, except it's what you call a black box in AI. Uh, they don't really say what's involved in it. You may know, you know, but they basically give different weights to different situations, counting home runs more than uh, caught stealing, for example. When runs created plus is like a league adjusted, Bill James originated scaling and a weighted on base average as well. Um, so th those are some, and, and there's, there are others that we'll get into that are uh, seemingly more predictive, but you know, but for sure, Wins above replacement, more predictive than batting average. Well, and Andrew, in a couple of those categories, Freeman has career highs. Why don't you run down a couple of those stats we have listed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've already mentioned Woba, that he's got career highs, which I think RA, we'd agree, is considered the best overall evaluation of someone's hitting performance. Um, but we also know that the way you're making contact with the ball is really matters. People are now tracking 
you know, what is the exit velocity? So everyone's been talking about exit velocity for batters. Um, he's at career high for exit for his average exit velocity. Um, that lines up to what percentage of balls he's hitting hard. Um, and it's also lining up to, is he barreling the ball? Um, so barrel percentage, which gives rise to the other ones. So yeah, he's been having an exceptional year. Well, in fact, uh, Ari, if we were to have a most valuable stat for this season that translates, what, what translates from stat to winning to the playoffs, there's clearly one that stands out. Um, well, well, for offense, are you talking about like barrel percentage? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and what's interesting about that, so the barrel is kind of like how much bat, how much barrel bat you get on the ball. And what I like about that is, uh, you know, way back in the day, I came up with expected, the, the X and all these things, expected OPS. And what you do is you look at really how hard and what angle you hit the ball. And whether it was fielded or not is kind of, independent um you know you could get lucky someone can make a diving catch i you know unlucky for the batter or lucky where you know just gets under his glove but uh you know something that correlates year over year um is, is more the barrel percentage um you know it's like playing blackjack you you bet the odds if you hit on an 11 and the dealer has a six it's the right thing to do whether it ends up that way or not it's kind of out of a win or not is out of your hands so you use that philosophy, and that tends to be the most predictive way of, of what success will be. Well, uh, and here's to that point. Barrel percentage, the top 13 teams in barrel percentage all going to play in October. And the top teams, the top four, are in this order. Dodgers, Padres, Braves, White Sox. And they are in that order, by far the top four better than others. You guys may or may not know, there's a guy named Steve Springer, who's kind of the guru of the mental aspect of hitting. He, for 20 years, he and Clint Hurdle championed a phrase, hit ball hard, you win. And that's mm -hmm. really what we're talking about here. The opposite is true. Preventing hard uh, contact is very valuable. And the Dodgers, White Sox, and Cleveland are one, two, three in that. So much respect for Dodgers uh, front office leadership, Andrew Friedman. We've talked about uh, ex-WOBA before, and we believe in it. It combines uh, the quality and amount of contact. Uh, before we wrap up baseball, and uh, again, we won't see you until the playoffs start a week from now, as we're recording it on Tuesday. We want to say goodbye to a guy that uh, is a traditional baseball guy, but Andrew, someone that made an adjustment late in his career that we want to point out. Why don't you go ahead and, take, uh, and make a comment about that? Absolutely. I think we were all saddened by the news over the weekend that Ron Gardenhire retired effective immediately from the manager position with the Detroit Tigers. Um, I think he is truly one of the great guys in baseball. He will absolutely be missed. Um, but when he was the manager of the Twins, and actually as he was coming up the entire time with the Twins, he was seen as an old school baseball guy, managing according to the book and the way it had always been done. And I think a lot of people were really surprised three years ago when the Detroit Tigers gave him the managerial position on a team that was going through a rebuilding period, but at a time when the Detroit Tigers had clearly made an investment into the analytics aspect of the game. Um, and to Ron Gardenhire's credit, at the end of his career, he bought in fully um, into the analytics worldview 
and went from never shifting with the Twins to one of the most um, frequent shifting teams in baseball. Well, uh, good point. And we never, we're, we're never sad when we let Andrew talk about the Twins or anything Twins or me, anything Indiana or Ari, anything that has anything to do with Chicago. So that's kind of an ongoing inside joke here uh, in a good way. NFL, we're going to introduce the Mahomes. It's a new stat that describes a comeback when trailing by double digits. Uh, Chiefs won, uh, beat the Chargers uh, here in L.A. over the weekend. Elias Sports noted that Patrick Mahomes has won an NFL quarterback record six straight games when trailing by double digits. That includes the playoffs. That's amazing. That, uh, and, and people say oh, physically gifted, talented, you know, way beyond that. Intelligent, uh, leadership, it's everything you'd want in a quarterback and in a winner and in a leader of your organization. We give them a lot of credit. Now we come to NFL week number two, our one thing. Andrew, give us one thing about week number two. What do you got? Yeah, what I would say is there are no sure things in betting. Um, <laughs> a story broke um, after Sunday in regards to the Falcons' amazing collapse against the Cowboys. Um, but BetMGM reported that with seven minutes left in the game, um, with the Falcons leading 39-24, someone bet $35,000 to make just over $1,000 that the Falcons would win and lost it all. Um, I think there's two really interesting things there. The first one is, of course, there are no sure things, even with seven minutes left in a game like that. But I think what might be more surprising to most people is that these sorts of bets do occur. Most people think about bets and they think of, oh, I'm going to bet who's going to win the game before it starts or who's going to win the, uh, the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season or the beginning of the playoffs. Um, this has been true for a long time that you could bet on in-game action, but with the rise of online gaming, mobile betting, it's just become more and more common. And 35K is no small amount. Ari, what's your one thing for week number two? Well, you mentioned me being in Chicago, uh, just still um, in awe of game one the Bears had against Detroit. Um, they could have, should have lost it. Um, but, you know, again, winning against New York, it's uh, great to be 2-0 and um, coming out the gate, luck or not luck. Well, and my one thing is uh, Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson. My goodness. Uh, Seattle beat New England 35-30 on that goal line, last second stand. Uh, total 65 points. The over-under was 45. And uh, the sportsbook William Hill said nearly 60% of all the total dollars wagered on that were on the over. Wilson quickly has established himself as the best deep passer in the NFL. Statistically, in every regard, he is. And uh, Sports Info Solutions qualifies best deep as 20 passes of 20 yards or more. And then get this, Wilson in two weeks has completed 82.5% of his passes. That's the uh, highest total for the first two games in the NFL in history. No one's ever done that ever before. That's amazing. All right, to basketball. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, Andrew, he's got plans for next season, and that's really next year. Yeah, he – Sources reported today per ESPN that Adam Silver is 
is believing that um, the season may not start or is likely not to start until 2021. Um, I, I can't say I'm really surprised with this because even early on in the restart, they were talking about, you know, a late December start or something like that. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're going to now go a few months without that, without professional basketball. Yeah. And then with the playoffs as they are down to four teams, conference finals, uh, Ari, how do you frame what the Nuggets have done in the first two series so far? Now they're facing LeBron and AD, and that's a different, I mean, that's a different challenge altogether. But in what the Nuggets have done against the Clippers and the Jazz, bouncing back from trailing 3-1 in both the series, never happened before in the NBA playoffs. How do you look at that? Well, I've watched every play of every game of those series. So uh, exciting. And, and also, um, when they were down 3-1, they were down like, what, 17, 18 points with like a minute to go in the third. So they were almost like on the brink of, of, of ending. So like, uh, you know, like in all sports, you're, you're actually never done in, until you're done. They have the resiliency. They have some very exciting players and teamwork. Um, and then the last game, um, you know, against L.A., you know, it comes down to the wire. So they could have easily been one and one. So it's exciting. You know, everyone's kind of, um, I wouldn't say everyone's pulling for them, but everyone's, you know, would not be surprised if they come back and, and tie, at least tie the series. Yeah. College football. Andrew, our uh, point of conversation here has nothing to do with the SEC, nothing to do with a Big 12 team and the virus. Nothing to do with Big Ten teams and parents and players, but it's introducing, they're late to the party, the Pac-12, but in this story, University of Colorado signs a five-year deal with Sportsbet. There's a lot to unravel right here. Yeah, this one, there's many things that surprise me about this. Um, So sports betting is legal in Colorado. Um, We've seen professional teams tying themselves up with sports betting organizations. But this is really the first that we've seen a Power Five conference member tie themselves up. And this surprises me on a number of different aspects. The first aspect is, of course, that the NC2A of all of the sports organizations has been the most consistently vehement against sports gambling. Um, And so I wonder what this means in terms of the NC2A power. That being said, I think we've been seeing the Power Five conferences have been more and more strongly pulling themselves away. There were rumors at the beginning of this year that the Power Five conferences were going to abandon the NC2A. There were concerns over the college football season that they might do this. Um, I I do wonder if we aren't seeing the end of the NC2A as terms of a governing body for big time college athletics. I do worry about what this means to the state of amateurism in college. Uh, We can argue about how much amateurism actually exists in big time college sports, but I do wonder what happens with all of this. Uh, Well said. Let's uh, talk about golf. U.S. Open, Bryson DeChambeau dominated. He is dominating also as the early adopter of things like using a force plate and analytics to redesign his body and his swing. He's way ahead of the pack, but guys, I suspect others will follow. Andrew, you go first. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken about Bryson DeChambeau before on this podcast. Um, I am a fan of his approach. He's a physicist. He takes physics and tries to apply it to his golf game. I absolutely love that. But I mean, Wingfoot is a tough, tough course, right? The last time the U.S. Open was held there, the person who won, won with a score over par. I think it was five or six strokes over par. Um, for him to do what he did and just run away from the field on Sunday um, is, is just absolutely amazing. And honestly, I was surprised by him performing this well because Wingfoot, it really, really rewards uh, driving accuracy, distance control, and so on. And DeChambeau hit less than half of the fairways. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me what he was able to do. I mean, it's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Racing. Michael Jordan and uh, Bubba Wallace team up to launch a NASCAR team. Ari, you're in Chicago. You know what that means. That's uh, Nike's uh, Gatorade mm -hmm. and Hanes underwear for everybody, right? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I set my uh, background uh, you know, as racing in, in honor of, of this uh, partnership. Yeah, Michael, uh, you know, is, is a legend. Some people call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, but yeah, he, he brings a lot uh, to the community and I think will be, you know, a good lift uh, to himself, but then also to racing and then, you know, some of the, the racial tensions in the country. I had the opportunity of uh, meeting him many times when I worked with the Cubs. Uh, probably the highlight that nobody may believe me is got to introduce him to Ernie Banks in my office, which was a really exciting uh, time, but you know, got, got to uh, know him a little bit. And, um, but you know, just being in Chicago, you could see his uh, uh, effect that he has on people is tremendous. Uh, and you know what, that, uh, the note about uh, Michael meeting Ernie, that's a good way to close things out today. <laughs> so we'll do that. Week number two of the NFL, last week the regular season Major League Baseball, and a groundbreaking new team in NASCAR. Well, that'll wrap it up for us. For Andrew and Ari, I'm Phil. Thanks for joining us on AAAI, the podcast about analytics and sports. We'll see you next week.